Welcome to the sermon podcast of Gamble Street Baptist Church, Fort Worth, Texas. Gamble Street Baptist Church has been sharing the gospel for over 100 years. This podcast includes sermons from our traditional Sunday morning service and our contemporary services on Sunday evenings. We hope God speaks to you through this sermon. Hi guys, uh, my name is Brady. I think I have met most of you, but if not, um, I'm a member here at Gambrel Street, and like Joel said, this is my first time preaching. So today we'll be going through Hebrews 1, 1 through 3a. I don't know why it says 1 through 4. So if you'll just turn there with me, we'll get started reading there in just a moment. But I think it is helpful to go ahead and start with an introduction to the book of Hebrews. So Hebrews, uh, the author is notoriously unknown. Well, that's fine. Um, The author is notoriously unknown. Some people say it's Paul. Some people say it's Apollos. But there are no textual indications that are definite that would give us any sure indication. Uh, The book was likely written around 70 or 60 AD, and um, the audience was likely a group of Jewish Christians. (laughs) Thank you. A group of Jewish Christians that were... um, A group of Jewish Christians that were likely facing heavy persecution from their peers, fellow Jews that were giving them immense social and physical pressure to reject Christ or just turn away from what they had learned and follow their previous religion. It's also possible that the audience included Gentiles, in which case the persecution and pressure would have been to follow Caesar and thus reject Christ. Um, The author, the the purpose of the book was to encourage those Christians to not do that, to not reject Christ anew and reject the offer of salvation that was given to them through Christ. Um, The author goes on to explain the reasoning behind that is rooted mainly in Christ's identity as a high priest, as God himself, and better than all of these uh, historical fathers of the faith. And ultimately, we should look to these other examples of the faith in the uh, great hall of faith mentioned in the latter part of the book. So our passage today is going to be verses 1 through 3a. Read that along with me here. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. So, in evaluating this, I'm going to break this passage up into two main sections. That would be verses 1 and 2, and then verse 3a kind of on its own. The message is fairly consistent. 
So the beginning there, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God revealed himself or spoke through our, to our fathers by the prophets. So the Old Testament is mainly comprised of people that were formally called prophets or were recognized as such in a not-so-formal way, such as Abraham or Solomon. Um, these uh, people's words and revelation was recorded into what we call the Old Testament. And this was God's chosen way of revealing himself to humanity. So he revealed himself through these prophets who spoke his word, and thus we learned things about Yahweh. In the last days, however, he has spoken to us by his son. So God sent a son. Uh, the inflection there in Greek seems to say that there is an importance to that phrase. Son is a relational term that only the person who shared that familial bond with God could, could come and reveal something different. What we, what we see here in, in, in the book is a emphasis on who this son is. And the author will develop this picture of the son throughout the next couple of verses. Uh, first by saying, whom he appointed the heir of all things. So if you remember at the uh, Great Commission, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me uh, in heaven and earth, therefore go make disciples. That authority is, is part of that appointment. So God has appointed Christ over the world, and that invokes some images of that Messiah as well. There's a Davidic king now that rules though incompletely, over all of creation. Uh, so there's this development there from son being a replacement of sorts for the role of the prophets in the Old Testament. So the son is at least equivalent to the prophets, and then it has been appointed heir over all things. Now he has this Davidic element that is also included there. Uh, then it continues in the second part of verse 2 there. Through whom he also created the world. Um, obvious tie in there to John 1 with the word and the world being created through the word. Um, so now we have this son, prophet, Davidic king that is also somehow involved or present at the creation of the world. So there's this tiered escalation of who this son is. And then we get to verse 3, which really is separate because of the, uh, the more explicit divinity claim there. Um, so he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and upholds the universe by the word of his power. So we have son, prophet, king, uh, involved in creation, and then the radiance of the glory of God. Uh, the, the inflection there in Greek seems to be like looking at a mirror reflecting the light of something. That's the, the uh, what is the word there, uh, the, the radiance of the glory of God is like, if we look upon the sun, we see the glory of the Father perfectly reflected. So, to combine that then with 
the exact imprint of his nature. Um, this son also shares in the nature of God. So by definition, I think this is one of the strongest divinity claims of Christ. Because by definition, something that consists of the same nature as the Father, God, must also therefore be God. Now, obviously they're not identical, uh, but that gets into complex Trinity stuff, and that's not the purpose of this sermon. Furthermore, uh, the author of Hebrews continues and says, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And I think this is mostly just continuing on that idea of a divinity claim. Jesus is doing something which only a being equivalent in power or related to the creation could do. He is upholding creation as only a creator God could do by the word of his power. So I think that's really what the verses there are saying. And remember, the, the author of Hebrews goes on, I think this is an establishment, a basis on which the author of Hebrews goes on to later say, you know, this Jesus is the only one by his nature who could offer forgiveness for sins. He's the only one who could be in such a position to take that punishment because he's perfect. He is our representative by being our high priest by the order of Melchizedek um, and is superior to Abraham, is superior to all of the fathers of old. So that's where that is going. But it all, all starts in this proclamation of Jesus Christ as the Son of God and also divine. Jesus is God. And so that's, I think, an important section to, to separate. Now, verse 4 goes into his name as being superior to the angels, which goes on to support that point, but I think it begins a separate point, which is why I cut it off at verse 3. So, how do we apply this? I, I went back and forth for a while trying to figure out how I should apply this because I, I don't want to rip it directly out of its context and say that, well, obviously it applies to us because it, it does. It's Jesus, right? But I think it's important to recognize that the author of Hebrews is, is making a specific point in relation to its Jewish context. So you have Jesus is greater than Abraham. Jesus is a high priest. There's all of this Jewish inflection, which is relevant because of its audience. The audience was Jewish Christians, and so they needed a way to refute the Jewish pressure they were facing. That's all true. That doesn't mean we can't apply some of this information now, though, to our modern context. So the author of Hebrews does something very interesting. Instead of deconstructing what Judaism is in his response to this persecution, he's instead offering an affirmative claim that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is God, and therefore that means something important, that we should follow him and we should devote ourselves to him because he is God. I think, thinking about modern Western Christianity, we are facing immense cultural pressure that is uh, making us feel inclined to reject a biblical view of Christianity or Christ. 
So that might come in the form of biblical sexuality uh, or biblical misinterpretation. A, a very common thing I see nowadays is people utilizing certain sections of Scripture to be more important or more reflective of the truth than other parts of Scripture. And there's an advanced hermeneutical point that can, can look like that, but I think a good example of this is like God is love. Absolutely, God is love. But people are utilizing this scripture to read into scripture their own definition of love. They, they start from, okay, well, love is obviously blindly accepting what your neighbor says about themselves. Or love is not telling someone the truth when they're in error. And going backwards and defining God by their own conception of love instead of reading the conception of love as what God is into their definition of love. It's a little confusing, but I think it makes some sense. Our impulse as Christians is, or as members of this culture, is to follow along with that. You know, we don't want to, in, in our own nature, reject what everyone around us is saying, but we need to remember what the author of Hebrews is saying. He's making a very specific claim that Jesus is God. And as God, he deserves and is worthy of our worship and our devotion and of our obedience in a very specific way. And the way we know that is through his revelation, through scripture. The divinely inspired, inerrant work of scripture that we have is where we learn things about God and how to please him and in a, worship him in a God-honoring way. So... When we face those temptations to acquiesce to the culture or to reject Christ, we are falling into the same type of issue that the Hebrew, uh, the audience of Hebrews was falling into. We need to recognize that Christ is better, Christ is God, Christ has the status that we need to put above whatever anyone in the culture is telling us. Deviation from Christ and from Scripture, by extension, is deviation from God as he has revealed himself. And that is, as Hebrews would later go on to say, a rejection or a neglect of the uh, great offer of salvation. How can we neglect such a great salvation? So, that is just to say, when we face temptation and persecution and revilement from our neighbors and from our families and from everyone in our society. We need to remember that Jesus foretold this and said that whenever we face those persecutions, those trials of various kinds, our job is to remain firm and rest in Scripture as the revelation of how to react to God and how to follow and obey him. Uh, it is possible that some of you don't know much of what I've talked about. You don't know who this Jesus is. And if you don't know who this Jesus is, then um, we would be glad to talk to you. Any of us, me, Joel, will we have a number on the screen? In a minute? Okay. There will also be a number up there that you are welcome to call or text and get in touch with any of us. And 
I would just like to encourage you that there is a better way than what we observe. Christ is that better way. It is the best way to live, and it is the only way to live in which we are going to receive any kind of hope or forgiveness or chance for life in this world. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gamble Street Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you have questions, we would love to speak with you. Please call 817-926-1785 to speak with a minister. If you live in or will be traveling to the Fort Worth area, we would love to have you visit. Gambrel Street Baptist Church has six church goals to reach the lost for Christ, to learn more about Christ, to touch the city through Christ, to train leaders to serve Christ, to embrace the world with Christ, and to build strong families in Christ. Please join us for our next episode.